0: Um, over lunch as well but today when I was seeking God about like what do I preach to this lovely crew about Um, and a few you know I have my own ideas and then I'm like they're probably not the good ones I'll wait and see what God's idea is because that'll be the best one and um, and he, he put this name this story on my heart and I thought he was joking because the thing is this is like one of my favorite, favorite stories. I'm like, do I really get to preach this again? And I do, and you get to hear it. So we're talking today about King Jehoshaphat, and he is um, he's one of the, the kings that gets um, mentioned as a good king. In the, in the Old Testament, we often see like, that he was a bad king or a good king or an evil king or a, a good king. Or a, and the way that they de- define that is he is a king that did right in the eyes of the Lord, or he didn't do so good in the eyes of the Lord. And so King Jehoshaphat, is, um, his story is recorded in Second Chronicles. So if you've got your Bible, you can open it there, because we're, we're going to be following right through the whole story, from starting in chapter 20. Um, and this particular story, not Jehoshaphat's whole story, um, because he reigned for twenty-five years, and one of the hallmarks of his reign was that he never fell um, to the pagan practices or religions like Israel had or like other kings of Judah had done. And so, biblical commentators describe him as a hero of the faith because he, um, you know, they note his devotion to God. Um, they note that he, despite his weaknesses and despite his short fallings you know because he's a human <laughs> and he, he remained dedicated to God um, uh, the language that they used to describe him earlier in the in second chronicles is that he sought the God of his father and followed his commands All right. so that's how he's described but we're going to focus in on a really specific story within the Jehoshaphat story and if you've never read this story like you need to get really excited about the fact that you're about to read this story right? Just wait. No, it's okay if it's a slow burn. Like, it's okay. Just let it bubble. Just let it bubble up. It's coming. I can feel it. Um, you don't need to rush into it because the story itself is um, is just, yeah, it's just layered with all this great richness of of understanding for us and, and revelation. And in fact, I would title this sermon um, Full of Surprises because this story is just full of surprises at absolutely every turn. And um, if you've heard this story before, I, you know, I pray that you'll have fresh eyes to see it. It really is such a rich and amazing story. So we start at the start of chapter 20, and it says, after this, and we don't need to know what this is, but you can go home and find out what this was, but the Moabites, the Ammonites, with some of the Mionites, came to wage a war against Jehoshaphat. If you're talking in kids' ministry, you say, and the Mozibites and the Vegemites. <laughs> um but some people, so they came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you um, from Eden, Edom from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already at um, Hezazan Tamar, which is the Engedi. alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. So Surprise! Like, here's your first full of surprises. Armies are attacking. Not the, exactly the, like, it's not like a surprise, it's your birthday and we have cake. It's like a different kind of surprise there, right? Um, and and it says in the text, alarmed <laughs> Jehoshaphat. Yes, you would imagine it would be quite alarming, to say the least, when you discover that three armies are already on the move towards you. So, not only are you under attack, but you are You are at a disadvantage because they've had a head start, essentially. Um, And so, you know, I'm thinking you get that news, you know, that you're under attack and that you're outnumbered and that you're kind of sitting there while everybody's, you know, you're sitting down, what do you do? My default would probably be panic freak out, you know, engage the, the royal escape plan or like to the bunker, like I would just be like, oh, like they're coming and just like save yourselves, you know, like I'd start running up and down the spot. But Jehoshaphat gives us our first revelation of the type of king he was and the, the, the reason this story has so much to teach us, or part of the reason, is that he resolved to inquire of the Lord. He determined that his response was going to be to find out what God's response is. His plans, you know, he turned first to God. He turned there for his guidance, comfort, peace, leading, rescue, deliverance, protection, whatever that was going to look like, he Turn to God first. And just that point itself is a great sermon, right? It's a great message for us as, as people to hear, that this idea to resolve to inquire of the Lord. You know, for those of you, even this morning, who are facing really big challenges, who are looking down the barrel of decisions or, or a future that's coming, in, coming your way that is not what you expected, or um, might be job insecurity, financial uncertainty, it could be health difficulties, personal, like for you or for those in your world, relationship challenges, um, questions and concerns about any manner of things about your future, you could actually even now be feeling like you are under attack or you're about to be overwhelmed by something that's coming towards you. And so Jehoshaphat's story comes right off the bat to prompt us again, seek first The kingdom of God. Seek God first. Look to God. Look to his plans and to his righteousness, his sovereignty. Resolve in your heart to inquire of the Lord. Resolve in your heart to make that your response. And so Jehoshaphat leads the people of Judah into a time of prayer and fasting. In verse 4, it says, The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. That's an incredibly beautiful picture that not only is is, um, Jehoshaphat himself seeking God, but he draws absolutely everyone out to seek God together. He calls people gathering from far and wide to seek help from the Lord. It actually says later that all the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Now, the, it's very uncommon, particularly in the Old Testament, for women to be mentioned in a story. I mean, you even think in the New Testament when it talks about Jesus feeding the 5,000, we, we say that that was like more than 5,000, because that's 5,000 men, and that they didn't even number the women and children that were present. It's just part of the way the, the story was told and, the, um, and the, you know, indicative of some of the attitudes of the time, but in this particular verse, it actually says... The, the men were there with their wives and their children and even the little ones, right? So it's it's basically trying to do like capital letters, bold text, multiple exclamation marks, underline everyone was there, everyone. Like it, the next bit would have said and their cats and their dogs, right? You know, like it's they've brought out the entire communities, really quite a significant thing to, to see. But that, so in verse five, it says, Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly and, um, of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard, and this is what he said. He said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, so he's leading them straight away in prayer, and he is standing before a bit, the gathered masses talking to God. You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations, power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now, here are men from from Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whose territory you'd not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See now how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. So here's another surprise in the story of um, Jehoshaphat. It, he didn't pray, God, like help us, save us. Like, Where are you? What are you doing? They're coming. Like you know, he didn't sort of stand there, like, are you watching? Have you you know have you missed something here? He did, like which I mean uh, like. Okay, let's just say not you, but that might be how I would pray, right? You know, it's like, dear God, quick, now, help, coming, you know, like in breathy kind of ways. But, um, but, you know, he says, you are God, you are good, you are faithful, you said you'd protect us. Like, we're just going to remind ourselves of the promises that you've made for us and of who you are and of who you've been and then he says this line, and this is our real point of focus for today. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Such a powerful statement right there. So much um, held within those words. And ultimately, it's probably all we ever need to pray. You know, just, Dear God don't know what I'm doing, looking at you. Dear God, still don't know what I'm doing, looking at you. Dear God, kind of freaked out, looking at you. Like that's, that if, we, if that was all we ever prayed, we'd be going okay. Because innate in that statement is a declaration of who God is, and it represents this deep trust in the fact that God does know what to do. Yeah, we, we don't know what to do. You do, so that's why we're going to look at you rather than looking at us or looking at our circumstances or looking to our own plans. We're going to look at you. Surprise number, however many we're up to, twist in the story is this incredible leadership presence there too, that a leader might stand up in front of an entire nation and nations of gathered people and saying, I don't know what to do. Like, how's the humility there? Like, we don't, I mean, normally it's like, okay, guys, you know, um, we, we've had like a bit of a meeting that the elders are working on this. Like, it, I know it looks like we're not quite sure what's going on, but we're, we're, you know, we're working on something, you know, but he stands up and says, we don't know what to do. We don't, we don't know. Like, I've got army people and like people that are paid to think about how to do army things and we still don't know what to do. You know, like we've had all the watchmen looking and trying to work out and we've been surprised by this. We don't know what to do. You know, that's an incredible thing to to have wash over us. Again, those points of difficulty or concern in your individual circumstances right now, those things that might be sitting in front of mine, as Tash was saying earlier, that we need to kind of that cloud our ability to really see what, you know, encounter God or see what He's saying to us, those, those places that require a wisdom that you don't seem to have to make those important decisions or the, the circumstances that are requiring a level of patience or even endurance that you don't feel capable of, those overwhelming circumstances that, um, that you don't even know where to begin to make sense of them, let alone find a way clear of them, We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Instead of looking inward to ourselves or around us, we're going to lift our eyes and look to you. It's so, so profound. And so Jehoshaphat leads all of Judah in this prayer. He draws the, the hearts and the eyes and the attention of all the people to God. He doesn't pretend he has it sorted, but he anchors the hope and confidence of the people in the fact that God does. And so in the midst of this, God brings the answer to Jehoshaphat's prayers by way of a prophetic word through a man named Jehaziel. And again, can we just pause and just like note how hard all the names in the Old Testament are to say? Could they not have just been Bob, Frank, and Bill? Like, anyway, Jehoshaphat, Jehaziel, he said... Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but it's God. And that's something we all need to be reminded of from time to time, or more time than not time, isn't it? That it's not actually our fight. It's not actually our strength that we fight in even, but it's His and he goes on, verse 16, Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jurial. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. I mean, This is a great word of encouragement and peace to Jehoshaphat and to the people of Israel. There's this answer to their prayer, but it's also pretty bizarre if you think about it. Like, you know, surprise, because if you read that carefully, you'll notice that the battle strategy is that Judah isn't going to fight. Okay, so here's our plan of attack don't attack. <laughs> it's like, you won't have to fight, just stand still, stand in place and I'll do the rest, and I don't know, again, like, um, this is all this self-disclosure here, you know, what would you you think, you know, to respond to that, you know, like, what would your response be if you're in the crowd, if you're a Jehoshaphat, I'd be, like, standing there in front of Jehoshaphat, going, "Yep, yeah, no, sorry, I think you missed the bit, no, <laughs> that's not a plan, what, what do you mean, where's the rest of the plan, right, and, like, Get a new person who tells us the things. Like he's not—he's broken. Like we—we we want the real plan. You know, someone at the back's like, he's not—he's—he's he's messed it up. Ignore him. Boo! <laughs> it's from the, mocking from the crowd. Maybe that would be me too. Um, but surprise, verse eighteen, Jehoshaphat, in response to this, bowed down with his face to the ground. And all, uh, all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. And some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. They're just like, oh, thank you, God. They're down on their faces in, in gratitude and they're, oh, you are so good, God. Like if, and the thing that they're expressing a gratitude for is that God responded God had an answer. God heard them and he delivered a a word to them. And even like in, you know, our humanity to sort of go, it's not actually that helpful, but it's like, but God's talking to me. He's present. He knows. He sees. Even if they didn't understand it, they received his word, his affirmation to not be afraid, to take courage, and they rested in that. And because the next line in the story that we'll get to in a minute says, early in the morning. So they just went to bed. (laughs) It's just like, like the plan is, there is no plan, thank you God, off to sleep, like, surprise, Um, and it's this thing, you know, he says, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld, have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. And so Jehoshaphat then, as part of his response, like, so now we're next morning and we're getting ready to go, but is that he appoints men to lead out in worship. The worship band go first into battle. And I know this is sort of a, a, an historic, sort of traditional kind of thing, but they are going into a completely unknown environment with a plan not to fight, and so they send out the band. <laughs> I was just like, suckers, <laughs> yeah, play your music. And everyone's suddenly like, oh, I don't need to be the lead singer today. I'm just going to sing back up. <laughs> I'll be back here. I'll be on triangle at the very, 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 very back. But, you know, this picture for a second, though, you've got three armies attacking, they're already on the move, they're already engaged in their attempt to invade Judah, and God has clearly told Judah they're going to win the fight, but they're not actually going to fight the fight to win the fight, and so the worship team leads them out to the edge of a cliff, and we know the armies are coming up along the gorge and along the path, you know, down there, and Judah is walking towards this without vision of what that actually looks like over there. And I don't know if at some point they all start, you know, they're, they're like, oh, yes, I'm Christian soldiers or whatever they sang back in the day and they're singing and they're kind of like, you know, some people just start saying, oh, I'm just going to stop and do up my shoelace so the people go past. Like, I don't want to be the, f-. imagine the first guy <laughs> over the head sticking his literally sticking his chin out over the edge of, the, of the, um, the cliff or the, the point to sort of see what was coming underneath. But listen to what happens. Like, seriously, you, you, this movie writers are jealous of this script because this is for reals. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. And after they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. And so, when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. The armies had killed each other, right? Like, God had set these ambushes, in, like, in the sense that somehow he'd made them sort of skeptical of each other, like, oh, someone's coming for us, someone's coming, oh, it must be you, it must be you, and he'd sort of set this, this fear amongst them, and so they killed each other, and, um, you know, they obviously sort of started getting a little bit jumpy. I mean, there's this little imagination for me of, like, how the last person actually died, like, who, you know like I mean, like, they're like ah, ooh, eh, no, you, eh. like, I don't know what happened with that, um, but you can work that out. But, um, but yeah, Ammon and Moab had decided that it was Mount Seir that were probably the snakes and said, so we'll destroy them. But then that didn't ease their fears or ease that sort of um, a sense that something was wrong. So they killed each other. So the guys look over. they're like, <laughs> like You can imagine, what is it? What, what can you see? Well, well they're dead. <laughs> what? I think he said they're dead. They're, you know, they're dead, they're dead, they're dead, they're dead, you they're know, passing down, the, um, the, down the, the line. But can you imagine that? Like, ridiculous. There's just <laughs> this carnage in front of them, and it's an incredible victory to the armies of Judah, the, the nation of Judah. It's, it's impossible victory, all at the hand of God. They prayed, they slept, they worshipped and waited, and they won, right? But wait. There's more, there's more twists, there's more twists, surprise. They got to enjoy all the spoils as if they had fought and won, right? They got to um, go down to the army's camps and take away all the equipment and weapons and clothing and supplies, because that, that was what we, you would normally do, is if, if you fought and you won a fight, you would then, you know, plunder that army for all the things of value. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it all. Right, so not only has Judah won, they've actually acc- accrued wealth and they haven't had to spend any wealth. They haven't had to use any resources of their army to win this fight and yet now they've got three days worth of carrying of stuff that they've, they've um, been able to take back with them. And it says that on the fourth day, they came together to praise God and celebrate the victory and deliverance he brought them, and the army returned to Jerusalem, and they worship in the temple, and they, re- they lead the whole of the rest of the nation in celebration and thanksgiving and praise. Like You can imagine the party that would be happening out of, out of that because remember the whole of the, the community, the whole of the nation had known that they were under threat and had been waiting to see what God was going to do and here he had delivered them this incredible victory. But here's the final point. This final twist in our story, is the the final bit of surprise is that the fear of God, it says in verse 29, came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. I mean, you can imagine that, can't you? The word gets out that Judah has managed to not only hold back and overcome three invading armies but they demolished them. I mean, that's the report that would go back. They're all dead. They're totally wiped out. No one is left standing. They've increased their physical wealth and resource. These guys are like the top of the pops in army land right now. Like everybody is thinking like, you know, don't don't go near Judah. Like they are incredibly powerful. And they know, they work it out, that it's because God was on their side that God had fought for them because there's no other way it could have happened. And so it points to this um, God that the that Judah have been talking about and who they ascribed to sort of worshipping and, and following and that and serving. And he really came through for them. And so you'd be thinking, oh, I don't think we want to mess with both Judah and their God, right? So just as Jehaziel had said, though, the battle wasn't theirs, but it was the Lord's. Like the other stories we see all through Scripture like this, you know, the torches and trumpets of the Gideon story or the little boy and the single stone, you know, David against Goliath and many other examples that have have been and and are still to come. You know, God designed all the circumstances to make it abundantly clear that it was all about Him. There was no one in Judah, in the army or within the, the whole kingdom who could have any doubt at all that the only reason they had won the battle was because of the hand of God. Except maybe one of the, the singers who thought it was his killer solo that had killed him. I was like, ooh, ooh, oh, oh. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> no, I don't think it was that. Um, but this is, you know, this is an incredible story. It's, it's it, and as, as I say, it's just one part of Jehoshaphat's story, but it has so much to show us and teach us and challenge us with, I reckon. Because Jehoshaphat, as we said right at the outset, he resolves to inquire of the Lord we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. He believes the word of the Lord, even when it didn't really make much sense. He trusts in it. He sleeps on it. The army of Judah follows God into this completely unseen and uncertain future. And they, they literally walk to the edge of a blind cliff. But God brings this miraculous win, you know, an impossible win, I mean, Jesus, when we see in the, the New Testament, he would summarize it this way, you know, Mark 10, 27, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Let me pray for us. And I just want you to take this time to allow this full of surprises, twisting story to find its place of, of challenge, encouragement, conviction, whatever it is that God would want to bring to your hearts today. You know, faith calls us to respond quite surprisingly. You know, I think a world is watching, I love the the imagery of all the other armies just looking and saying of Judah, God is with them, God is for them, you know, God is, is at work in them. It's an incredible testimony, and particularly because they trusted in that and they rested in that. And we've got a, a world that is ready to be surprised by how we respond to uncertainty and to challenge and to trauma and to grief and to disappointment and to things that are hard. A world is watching to see us tell the story that you know they, they didn't know what to do, but their eyes were on God. You know, it's an it's an unexpected kind of story that it teaches us to expect the unexpected. Almost in terms of how God will move or act, He doesn't follow our script. You know, He has He is only limited by His creativity, His power, and His love, and all of those are unlimited. You know, it's a challenge for us to be obedient to surprising instructions. When God said, I might say, I want you to do this. You want me to do what? <laughs> you know, I want you to I want you to give away that last bit of your money. What? You know, I want you to to go to a place where that there's fear or there's, you know, um, challenge. I want you to actually go towards it rather than away from it. What? I want you to talk to that person. I want you to say sorry. I want you to be the one who goes first in this. It challenges, I think, to... Challenges us, I think, to to have a surprising level of peace. You know, this the capacity to sleep on that instruction is just nuts. You know, how much time do we spend in the our minds and going over and over and the anxiety? I lost some sleep over this. These guys have three armies coming to it and managed to coming towards them and managed to get a good night's sleep because they genuinely trusted in God and it filled them with a supernatural peace. Yeah, you know, t- Scripture talks about a peace that passes human understanding, right? Like that's what peace. That's like the capacity to lie down and close your eyes and trust that God's going to keep working while you take the night off, and and to be confident that He has you. It's a challenge to have a surprising level of humility. I don't, I don't actually know what to do. Hey kids, Mum and Dad don't know what to do here. Hey church hey workplace hey friend hey whatever i'm leading whoever i'm i actually don't know what to do i'm in over my head this is out of my depth and then the invitation is there to walk in surprising and miraculous victories you know, when it seemed impossible that anything good could come out of a circumstance, that we would be those that would be able to declare God's goodness and His faithfulness and, and to, to walk with that sense, as I say, that supernatural peace, a joy that is just confusing and hard to, hard to um, even understand how you could find it there. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. How about you stand so I can pray for us? And, just encourage you in this moment, just close your eyes, adopt whatever your posture of prayer is, open yourself up, loosen yourself up. Allow the, the full focus of your heart and mind to be on God right now. We don't know what to do, God, but our eyes are on you. And allow him to bring to the surface that situation, the the, the point of, of challenge or the point of, of difficulty, the point of pain, the, the point of... Um, uncertainty or unrest allow him to bring that to the surface and even if you want to do it with your hands in sort of more of a physical hold it out in front of him and say I don't know what to do with this God I don't know what to do but my eyes are on you I'm going to invite you to come forward if you're in this. if you've got something that you're wanting to hold before God in this because I think the imagery on the and the challenge or the encouragement of that picture where you know Judah just brought everybody together and they just they stood together in the in a public place and they declared together that they were looking to God for his leading there's some power in that and so as a community this morning we want to stand with those who want who need God's direction, who need a sense of supernatural peace in a situation that they don't understand. And so if you've got a situation like that, I want you to come forward. If there's a moment in your life, or on behalf of someone else even, that we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, I want you to come forward. And if it's it's your challenge, bring your mum, bring your brother, bring whoever you're with, or come by yourself, because we're going to stand before God and we're going to say, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So move now if that's you. Come forward so we can pray for you. That's it. Come on. (laughs) Hmm, That's good. We don't know what to do, God. We don't know what to do with this circumstance. We don't know what to do with this relationship. We don't know how to make this decision. We don't know how to step into this next place of the unknown. We don't know what is happening next week or the week after, but our eyes are on you. That's it. Come forward so that we can stand with you. If you're down the front, I'm gonna ask you to take like two or three really big steps forward. You can keep facing me. If you keep your eyes kind of closed, everyone else has gone away, so you don't even know they're here. So come forward. If you know any of these people, if you're an elder in the church or a pastor or a leader, or if you're a friend or a small group person, a life group friend or whatever, I want you to come forward and you, you don't need to talk to them or do anything. I just want you to come and stand with them. So look at who's come down, make a decision, let God prompt you. Who does he want you to come and stand behind just so, and you know, Give him a tap on the shoulder. Do something to say, I'm right here behind you. I'm standing with you in this moment. That's it. Father, you know every situation that's represented down the front here this morning. You know hearts, you know lives, you know families, you know bank accounts, you know health reports, you know every situation that's represented here and these people who've come forward with their hands raised, with their arms open, with their hearts open, with their eyes lifted to you because they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And God, I know that, that you would have them here that you see, that you are, are with them, that you are present, even in the situations that feel in, entirely isolating, or in, or that you know no one else is aware of, and so there's that sense of it just being about them, God. But you see, you see, and you're present. You're for us. You're with us all the time, in every situation. God, I would be asking for your peace to fill hearts right now as they look to you, God. Even if the answer that they get is not an answer that they can act on, there's not a plan, God, that there would be a confidence that they're receiving right now to know that you have have it in your hand. And so there's a peace that can come with that. There's a rest that can come with that. There's an ability to stop striving and to stop um, doing the mental gymnastics of trying to work it out for themselves, God, because they can just trust in your plan, in your sovereignty, in your goodness, in your faithfulness, in your love, in your creativity, in your power, in your mercy, in your compassion, and all those things that you want to pour out in abundance into their life, God. Incredible peace and a, and a deep, deep sense of joy when it makes no sense to be at peace or experiencing joy. God, would you fill their hearts with that in this moment, we pray. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. The team's going to lead us in singing. All oh, this.